to At the Devil's Ball, a podcast where we talk about horror and genre films in a positive and constructive manner. I am Samuel Newman, and with me as always is my co-host and founder of The Feast, Nathaniel Johnson. How are you doing tonight, man? What's in the bag? A What's in shark? The bag? A shark or something? How to get burned? How to get burned? Bird. You want to just do them all at the front? And then... No, oh, I've got <laughs> I've got plans for later, so okay. yeah, let's so not ruin good. it all now, but right. yeah. Yeah, but uh, we're doing uh, Nicholas Cage month this month, so that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yep. Um, I'm not a huge Cage fan, but like, what I took a second to like, you know, think about this month and like to do this month, and um, I think Terry spurred it on as much as anybody because he had mentioned it. I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, there's just a lot of like material that you could do with Nicholas Cage. And... I, well, that's what I mean. You when you brought it up and we're like, what with Nicholas Cage? And I'm like, we could I mean I could do the whole summer on Nick Cage. Right. Like, you know, there is it's it's such a variety varied uh uh right. bunch of material. Like yeah. he's done everything from like Oscar Academy Award winning films to like the absolute like dredge. Right. Uh, bottom the bottom of the uh you know Walmart bin right uh, you know and that's like, only the last 15 years even like I yeah mean, yeah because uh, like this this film that we're doing we're doing wicker man this time because how do you not do wicker man right um it's 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 right there it's He's staring right there. at you yeah. um but like this was only like his second horror movie at the time like it's like what the hell like yeah i guess to a degree yeah i guess right. that's true um i mean we're gonna talk about we're going to talk about eight millimeter next month, which is ostensibly a right. film. Yeah. Um, but, or next week rather, but, um, yep. but yeah, I mean, he's done a few and then, you know, um, he did, um, vampire one vampires kiss. Right. Right. It was a horror comedy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'd done a bunch of stuff that you could at least call horror adjacent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was probably his, his only real, like his first real foray into making something that at least allegedly wants to right. be a horror film. I'm not sure we'll right. talk about that, but yeah, um, yeah, we will. But yeah, it's but yeah, he's but, a, he's such a fascinating figure. Yeah. But before we get to that, um, what did you watch this week? Anything cool? Uh I did. I checked out I uh I did a staff screening for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Um, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm not maybe not as in love with it as I mean, big surprise. Right. I'm not as in love with it as I think uh, other people are, but um mm-hmm. But it's good. Well, you weren't a huge really fan good. of the first two Guardians. No, I'm not. No. Okay. No. Um, I think they were all, they were all okay. Right. Um, whereas, but yeah. whereas I think those are probably my my favorite Marvel movies, where the the Guardians movies. That's but, a uh, lot of people. A yeah. lot of people feel that way. I'm never. I'm more like you know these are these are pretty okay, but but I've had a James Gunn booster since way back. You know. Right. Yeah, and that's another thing. Just the trauma a people, days. A lot of people just really love James Gunn in a way right. that I don't. Like I'm like yeah. he's fine, but I'm not like you know um, a huge James Gunn guy. But um, but I think a lot of it has to do with how much you also love trauma, right? You know, like uh, you yeah, know, yeah. I know a few people who are like James Gunn. Like you know, the first things out of their mouth is like Tromeo and Juliet. You know, oh yeah, like, which right. is my favorite trauma movie. Like right. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the first two. Uh, they were okay. I, I thought they were um a little. I mean, I always thought they were a little labored. Right. Um, they're a little too silly for me. This one is too, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, however, the, what this movie then really picks up in the second act and becomes something very, uh, very different than the other two, I think, in the sense that it's it's a, a deeply sad movie. Right. Um, it's a heartbreaker. 
um, and um, and very upbeat, and it becomes something very different than what it starts at. I, I do say though, I mean, as usual, I mean, I've said this many times. I think even on this podcast, of I'm kind of over needle drops. Like I really need, yeah, need yeah. that to to stop. Um, and that's some of, some of the things that I was like, you know, watching Guardians three and being like, you know, God, there's already it's been twenty minutes. There's already been like three. Right. You know, and I'm kind of like, we really need to chill on the needle drops. But plus, right. I, I mean, Chris Pratt, I can't stand. Um, right. Although in this one, he's actually a little bit more um, digestible, I guess. Okay. Um, like I, I noted that to my uh, one of my to one of my employees where and I was like, I actually didn't even hate Star-Lord in this one. She's like, right. well, I like the character. But yeah, I mean, like and I was like, well, no, he's I, the I, least of the Chris's, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He barely even counts. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. I, I mean, and that was like my problem. I think a lot with Guardians of the Galaxy one and two was I was like, Star Lord sucks. Right. Um, and um, this movie it's a little bit better. But there's a couple of there's definitely a couple like you know they're going to become meme reactions. Right. Um, you know, Adam Warlock seeing a uh, little pet creature that's making him sad, and he's like, I don't like the way this is making me feel. To be honest. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's going to, that's the meme for this movie. Like, you know, right. I saw that scene and went, I don't like the way this movie's making me feel, to be honest. Um, but, you know, because it's really, um, it's really an emotional picture. And mm-hmm. um, to the point that, like, I guess I saw today, parents are complaining that it's too, too intense for younger kids. I'm yeah, like, I've, I've, I've 13. Right. right. Yeah, I've heard that it's not like it may not be appropriate for kids, but uh, it's PG, like you said, PG. Well, I don't want to so, spoil but... anything, but I want to give anybody listening to this, I want to give you the heads up. I mean, you will fall in love with anthropo- cute anthropomorphic animals. Right. And, and nothing good will happen yeah. to them. Yeah. Nothing good's going to happen to them. Right. Um, you're very much aware of that. But it's, I mean, like every single one of my employees, either they saw it that night when I did it or they've seen it since, have come out of that movie crying. Right. Like they were like, oh my god, that movie was sad as hell, and I'm like, it's so sad, but it ends happily. I don't want to get it, you know. I don't want anybody to get that idea. I don't again. I don't want to spoil anything, but it ends with very in a very upbeat note. But you got to do deal with some stuff before you yeah. get there, and um, and then of course the other thing that's already ruining the movie is the Comicsgate guys are now claiming it's anti woke, and therefore, which is bullshit because this movie is about you uh this movie is about uh eugenics all right like this is still social issues guys yeah uh and challenging your idea of what makes a person you know well i mean they they proved this with with the super mario brothers movies that like their new thing is like if it doesn't matter what what the content is of the thing like if it does well it's it's anti-woke if it doesn't do well it's woke that's what seems to be the idea now Yeah. yeah Right. But I right. It's it's clearly the I hate I hate woke, but right. I like this movie so ergo it cannot be right. woke. Um and I'm like, no, it's it's first of all, when you say woke, what you mean what these guys mean is it's got a black guy in it. Right. You know? right. It's got a gay person in it. It's got, yeah. you know. Um and so like this movie I guess doesn't, even though it kinda does. I mean, like, mm. but it's I mean there is nothing that necessarily states most of these characters are, you know, they're aliens. They don't, right. you know, Drax is green. Mantis is a, a fish creature. I mean, like, or whatever it is she is supposed to be. I don't know. Right. She's got, she's got the uh, antenna. Um, it's all about the idea of like all shapes and sizes, all colors, everything is all 
right. we're all just people. Um, and we find, you know, we find our family in each other and they're misfits and weird. And I mean, like you couldn't be more clear about like the idea of like these characters could easily be gay or trans or anything because that's the point. Right. That everybody is, everybody's just a, a weird misfit looking for, looking for their people. But, right. um, but yeah, I mean that, that all pisses me off, but I mean, the, but the film is good. and I do recommend yeah. it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's easily the best. I would say it's the best Marvel movie since Infinity War. Right. Um, because I haven't, I don't think I've liked any Marvel No, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like it's, yeah. I kind of checked out of the whole thing. Like yeah. it's just, yeah. I was. I a think little, a lot of people have, but uh, yeah, I was a little red. Uh, you know, I was like, oh come on. I mean, I, I, I'm like, yeah, it's coming out, and I've got to do a staff screen. I was like, oh, I right. don't know. It's two and a half hours long, and I got to sit here, and then I and I can't do this. Which I, I still say like, that's short for a Marvel movie. It is. <laughs> it's, short it's, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Doctor Strange was only two hours. Ant Man was only two hours. So right. Like they are, they're getting there, but yeah, this movie is too long. Um, right. they all are, but no, I, I, I ended up having way more fun with it than I thought. Like I was really kind of like, this mm-hmm. is going to be painful. Cause it was already like, it's midnight, right. you know, I'm like, oh, I've had a long day and now I got to do this. And I was just kind of like, man, I don't want to, and I ended up enjoying it. So, um, I do recommend guardians of the galaxy. Right. I, I would, I would probably say it's like a three and a half star movie. It's pretty good. So yeah. what about you? You know, I didn't really watch anything new this week. I just, uh, I, just plugging along with my uh, James Bond rewatch and uh, finally made it through the uh, Roger Moore era, okay. um, which is a really hit or miss era. Right. <laughs> um, with right. Uh, I, I did a, a View to a Kill, which you know has the benefit of Christopher Walken and the additional benefit of nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just not a very good. Was that the one with Hungry Like the Wolf or whatever the Duran Duran? Yeah, Duran Duran did the theme song. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, the that's the song. Yeah, Dread Dread song's a banger. Um, it's got Grace Jones, which is you know she's always fun to watch because she's just right usually having the time of her life. Right, and uh, you know she plays the henchman in this, you know, which is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty that was one of my for the era. You know, that was actually I think one of my grandmother's favorites. She had yeah. a VHS copy of A View to a Kill when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, and that's that was actually the first James Bond movie that I rented. I remember renting it like when it was like new right um was like, that roger moore's last yeah okay. yeah this was the same year that they did uh never say never again which was the sean connery came back so they had dueling james bonds that movie that year oh because you know, know yeah. yeah the company that did never say never again isn't the same company that does the other bond films like they just had the rights to thunderball and okay. they remade it <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. and Sean Cottery back. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And that's part of the reason um, that, like, things like Spectre, like, haven't played into James Bond for a long time. And then finally it did in the more recent era. Right. Um, or, like, the fact that there is, you know, a huge gap in time between, like, uh, when Timothy Dalton stopped playing James Bond and when, you know, Pierce Brosnan played it. It was like six years. Oh, really? Okay. Or something, you know, because it was like legal battles back and forth between this company who's kept trying to make more Bond movies with just the rights to just Thunderball. Oh. <laughs> and, and the people who, you know, Aeon Productions who do the, the mainline James Bond films. Um, so it's, I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, 
it's a long and sordid tale of the rights of rights to James Bond. You should uh, um, you should hit up uh, Paul and Steve and talk about that on their show. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, or I'll make you watch a couple of James Bond movies. And just, yeah. Just fuck it, you know. No, I I would be down for it. I've never been uh, I've never been a right. huge Bond guy. Like I think I told you, I I pretty much only really seen like I saw Goldfinger. Right. Um. I saw um. Uh, Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw um. I think. Uh, I saw the uh, Casino Royale, the right. the newer one, and then right. I saw the one after that. I don't remember what that one was called. Skyfall. Uh, Quantum of Solace was the. I one saw after Skyfall. That, but Skyfall. Okay. okay. Skyfall. Okay. I did see. Quantum. I saw Skyfall. Um, mm-hmm. I barely remember anything about really Skyfall. Good. But oh, it was okay. I, like, yeah. I I guess I had a good time with it. The other thing I really remember is um, when they he, he doesn't really give a shit about like everybody else dying and then they blow up the car. Right. And he gives that like I hate everything look and then da, 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 <laughs> yeah. and then like he just cares about the car. That made right. me laugh a lot. That's the only I think that's the only thing I remember about Skyfall. And uh, Adele did the right. song, right? Was that yeah. Adele? Skyfall. Yeah. Yeah. Skyfall <laughs> was did... another one of those movies that did the uh the fairly recent trope of like the bad guy gets caught on purpose. Which right. Which is always stupid. Yeah. Even I, I even in that. even in the dark night, it was kind of stupid, you know? It's always usually stupid. Right. Yeah. It very rarely ever works. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I've I've always been a, a, a uh, kind of irritant with the the chess master. Uh I've right. been able to to guess what everybody will do for like the next six years. Right. Like it's it's a little bit like it's sometimes they can kind of do it okay. Like, you know, I feel like if you if, if the plan is like, okay, I remember there's like three steps to this plan. Right. But like, you know, like Dark Knight is a great example of like, why the how the fuck does Joker know what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. he'll be like, I managed to guess that Batman's car would turn into a motorcycle. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking dull. Like, right. but where you could have just had it just as easily a time, like like having the Joker be like a person who's like just like preternaturally really good at like winging it, right? Instead right. of having this like you know convoluted plan, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And they almost did that. With Anyways, that. Wicker Man. Yeah, but yeah, Wicker Man. <laughs> I uh, 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 yeah. The older I get, the less and less I like Wicker. I, I like Dark Knight, but um, uh, but yeah. Um, I think I still uh, love the Dark Knight, but like you know, it's. I know a lot of people that still love the Dark Knight. Yeah. But uh, it, the the fan base of the Joker has always you know made it problematic for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. That is that is another conversation for sure. If we do, right. if we get into that, we'll never get into right. Wicker Man. So, uh, so I got to do vitals for Wicker Man here. Right. Uh, so this is um, uh, written by written and directed by Neil LeBute. Uh, mm-hmm. who is perhaps most quite possibly in some circles might be most famous for his direction of um, In the Company of Wolves, uh, which is a uh, oh, difficult so. movie to watch. Right. I've never uh, watched In the Company of Men. Or... In the company. It's a Company of Men, you're right. Yeah, yeah not Company of Wolves. Company of Wolves is the one with the, the werewolf movie with uh, Neil Jordan. Okay. Um, uh, no, a Company of uh, company of Men um, is... Um, it's not a fun movie to watch. It's it's very misogynistic. Um uh, much like Wicker Man is very misogynistic. Yeah. Right. Uh to the point that Riftrex even made a joke of, you know, uh, oh, Neil LeBute spreading his gospel of sexual <laughs> hatred across the land. Right. Uh, again, I would say again, uh, there is a Rift Tracks of this and it's worth watching. It's very good. 
Um, it's Mike Nelson and Kevin Murphy, and it's very funny. Um, but although there are some vaguely kind of transphobic jokes in it, but you know, right. they it was recorded a very long time ago. So, uh, but uh, it is of course uh, there's a writing credit to Anthony Schaefer who wrote the 1973 Wicker Man, uh, as well as the book that he released mm -hmm. after the screenplay. Um, and it is starring uh, Nicolas Cage, of course, uh, the man of the hour. We got Ellen Burstyn, um, a very confused Ellen Burstyn. We've got Kate Behan. We've got Francis Conroy. Um, wonderful cast in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Like Francis Conroy, uh, I take a bullet for Francis Conroy. Um, we've got uh, Molly Parker, uh, in my opinion, giving this film's best performance. I will talk about Molly Parker in a bit. Lily Sobieski, um, not to be confused with Helen Hunt. And um, <laughs> uh, we got Diane Delano, Michael uh, Wiseman, Erica Shea Gare, uh, Krista Campbell, Emily Holmes. Uh, and uh, I will give out a shot to uh, Matthew Walker, the pilot, the right. uh, airplane pilot. Um, He's no Tony Cardoso. No. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, that's essentially the cast. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody else kind of specifically worth mentioning. Uh, it was dedicated to Johnny Ramone for no reason. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the producers are, are you know, oh, Angela Badalamente. Oh, yeah. uh, doing doing, uh, doing the score of this picture. Right. Uh, I almost forgot him. That would be a shame. Uh, the late um, uh, Angela Badalamente passed away just a few yeah. months ago. Uh, and one of the greatest of all time, and that explains why the score of this movie actually is so good. Suck, yeah, it's right. actually pretty good. Um, so I guess the story with the uh, the Ramon tribute is that um, he's the one who got Nicolas Cage to watch The Wicker Man in the first place. Ah, uh, okay. And you know, since like he produced this, he he was like you know, the champion of this movie. Produced it. Um. I, I guess he just wanted to put that put that in there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if that's true or not. I just that's just what I found on IMDb. I did read somewhere that I didn't know about the making him watch it, but I do know that from right. what I understood it was Nick Cage's idea to dedicate the film to Johnny right. Ramone. Um but I never got a specific reason as to why. Only right. just that Nicholas Cage was like, Yep, Johnny Ramone. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um I mean, sure. why not? I guess Whatever. you know. If I make a movie, I'm just gonna like dedicate it to like Daryl Hannah or something. Right. I'm just gonna be like, why? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like dedicated yeah. to Boz Gags, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's just gonna get donated dedicated to like I don't know, John Cena. I don't know. Right. But um Daryl Hannah's nice because then we, you know, we'll we'll have officially apologized enough. Yeah, yeah. In in yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> dedicated to and apologies to Daryl Hannah. Right. Um but yeah, it's uh, so yeah, the Wicker Man. Um, where do we start? What Sam? What are, um, you, uh, your, what are your, your feelings your on the original? Here? Yeah, what are what are your feelings on the original? Like, uh, I, well, I love the original. Right. Um, I don't know a, a cinista or a film buff or even a horror fan that doesn't love the Wicker right. Man. Um, it's a beautiful film. Um, and um, uh, honestly, I was thinking about this. Uh, I just rewatched the Rift Tracks again of this one literally before we started recording. And I was like, you know, I don't know if the comparison to between the two films does either film any good. I don't think right. it, it, you know, to the point that I was kind of going to be like, you know, do we, 
do we just that's why I kind of want to yeah want to address it up front and then we can just yeah the only thing I could the only thing I could think of that I that comparison would be helpful Mm -hmm. in my mind is the first movie the the original film has this moralistic gray area right that um you know if you watch that movie like the the character of um um sergeant howie played by edward woodward um is uh is not the not the hero of the film he's he's uh he's very rude he's aggressive um and but in the island's population are clearly playing with him uh to the point that to a degree his rudeness is justified um but at the same time they're not really doing anything wrong except in the eyes of god you know if you're a religious type right uh which is of course also at the core of the original film is religion yeah oh you've got a you've got a a devout christian traveling to a pagan island and kind of being like wait these people are pagans right i'm uncomfortable and then being like well you're a christian and you kind of suck and he's like we're uncomfortable and so right um and the whole thing of course leading to you know I, i don't know if it can be a spoiler at this point um but you know it it ends with them sacrificing him to their pagan gods right um and but our same time you feel for him Mm -hmm. you know you are able to identify with him to the point that you know his death you know should still bug you you know as a viewer uh and you should at least be able to sort of identify with or or admire his his the perseverance of his faith even in the event of his death like the most powerful point of that entire film is mm. he's burning to death and he still sings christian hymns right right you know, they're they're singing their songs and celebrating and his still at, even to the very end he's still devoted to his god right um and that's what wickerman is about is that everybody yeah. is about conviction and religious faith um mm this film whereas this one jettisons it entirely i mean you can't figure out what the fuck it's doing yeah i mean it's um uh this is a perplexing film uh to the point that i still can't figure out who this is for uh what what it's or what they were thinking yeah what they were going (laughs) with i mean it's gotten a lot of flack as a film i mean people were like you know i remember when it came out people like it's one of the worst movies ever and i'm like well i've seen a hell of a lot worse right than the wicker man but um than this film but um at the same time uh i'm like yeah it's definitely not good right um and uh it's definitely confused and it, it, it's yeah. so that's what i mean you have this it, it it almost wants to do a moralistic element of like him being rude and them mm-hmm. being jovial but it doesn't really do that they're just really actually quite hostile to him from the word go yeah they um they're both hostile to each other and it's like that's yeah. really you know yeah and speaking of actually turns out our little bit on dark knight actually might be relevant because this mm-hmm. one of this movie's problems is that the whole thing is supposed to be him being maneuvered in a position right but they're bad at it um the movie yeah. says they're good at it but they're not they're <laughs> right. terrible at it um and it's it like despite the fact they're all supposed to be on the same page they seem to be contradicting each other a lot mm-hmm. um to the point that their deadly trap actually seems like it's rather easily ava- uh, avoidable if it right. weren't for the fact that our, our Edward he's uh, equally is, bad at his job. Yeah, he's very, very inept. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it's uh, you know, Edward Malis uh is is clearly a, a sucker 
you know but i mean there's a right. lot of things in this movie that i'm like you know that the comparison between the two only really only does this film harm right. irreparable harm like even the point like he puts on a bear costume like why right why is there a bear costume at least the the punch costume in the original made sense um the bear is not yeah a, you know the bear is not a symbol of fertility i mean it's not a symbol of a fool it's but bear, is... bears like honey have you ever <laughs> seen winnie the pooh <laughs> all right i might buy that you know I, yeah i'm pretty okay. sure there was a conversation that included that in, that in, had in to be film, right, right. You know, now that you say that i mean that didn't occur to me but i was like no yeah that's probably the mindset same thing with the bees i get what you're doing with the bees right but why like you know it's like it's not a great metaphor anyway because the, right yes and the, queen, the, the bees have the queen but like the drones are all like man and that's really the thing with this film, isn't it? Like, it really thinks that its metaphors are awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're really, like, not. No, I'm like, um, it's not not a very good metaphor. But, right. you know, it's, yeah, I get it. The queen, there's a queen bee. But yeah, the rest of that analogy falls apart when you still have a female, uh, you know, female-dominated society, which apparently exists off the coast of Seattle. Right. Um um, yeah, because they say they're in Washington. They're in so, Washington you know, State, assuming, which yeah. when you think of setting a setting for your pagan cult, Washington right. State, I guess. Yeah. You know, I'm like, New England's right there. You could right. use that. But uh, there's a lot of history about paganism and stuff in there. Or you could even have said it in Minnesota when Scandinavians came over. Right. You know, and they settled in the in the American Midwest. Uh, you know, there's some paganism there, some background. But I mean uh she even says in her background like my sister summer saying like well we we came over from the from great britain and we came right. to the new world and i'm like okay but that means you settled in new england right and then you eventually uh like 50 60 years later made your way west because it didn't westward expansion wasn't something that happened didn't happen for a while right so you guys waited it out before starting your your cult uh in in washington state and why washington state like you know there were would have been islands right there right on new yeah. england you know it would this movie would make a hell of a lot more sense if it were like a new york cop even a boston cop right maine, and finding a little island off the coast of maine you'd make one up fictional island that yeah. would make yeah. more sense not to mention the concept of the harvest is more in a in more of a i mean i know that uh, washington state's temperate right but Maine, it's like there, you know, there actually is harvesting going on in the sense that, you know, because the point of the harvest, you know, this mm -hmm. people right. already know this, everybody knows this, but the idea of the harvest was you do your harvest in the beginning of the fall because, you know, the cold, long winter is coming and you're all going to die. Right. Uh, and so the harvest festival is sort of this idea of the celebration of life before half of your population died um, right. in the cold winter. And you needed all your, you know, grain saved up because once mm -hmm. it starts snowing, you none of you were getting out for six months. Right. Um, and so it's like, well, in Washington state, I don't think it's that temperate. I don't think their winters are that hard, that it's a little weird right. that they have this harvest festival. And not only that, but it's fucking honey. Yeah. Like it's, right. it's not, it's not like, you know, crops, right. you know, but they say yeah. it's crops, but then it's not crops. It's honey. Um, I don't know. It's anyway. Yeah, it's random. None, none, none of it makes a whole lot of sense when you no. dig down it, even in half an inch into the soil. No, um, no. Which is, you know, I I think 
the reason I think this is a good choice for Nicolas Cage month is because I think that this that his uh, you know, baffling performance yes. is, is the only thing that makes this watchable. Yeah. Um that yeah. makes it remarkable or or anything but just kind of like boring. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, Nothing he, happens in this movie. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. he's terribly miscast. Um yes. By himself, yes. Um, being a producer of this film, um, it, like to the point where I don't even know if I could come up with the worst miscasting of this of this movie than him. Um, no, everybody else maybe, is fine. Yeah, yeah, because everybody else yeah. is really good, mm-hmm. uh, even if they're working with subpar material. Um, but he's like just like on another planet. Yeah. from everyone else. I, would, yeah. I don't know. I might argue Alan Burstyn's a worse casting choice than yeah. Jake. You think she so? Might be more cat, more miscast than him. But um, why Alan? She's Burstyn miscast. I just don't think she was that good in it. Like, yeah, it was... I I feel like yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you could have gotten somebody a little bit more. Uh, I almost would have almost seen preferred to see Francis Conroy play that. I was going to say she she could have yeah. played that part. Yeah, smashingly. Yeah, I think Francis Conroy's you know playing coy actually. Mm-hmm made more sense in her scenes with cage than ellen burston's right. um that um ellen burston just sort of is like she I, if anything i would say she's miscast because she's too good right like it's you know this is an academy award winner you know um it would have been maybe and she seems doesn't seem to get it mm-hmm. like it um I've always said this many times, and I still think it's been really true. It almost feels this movie feels very much to me like a group of people got together to play a prank on Nick Cage, <laughs> and they, uh, you know, right. like nobody tell Nick that we're all going to just sort of smirk our way through this performance, and right. <laughs> we're just going to phone this in. Uh, you know, we're all going to act uh, strangely, mm-hmm. but don't tell Nick, and he's just going to go one hundred and ten percent. Uh, in the other it. direction yeah. and, he, and in any direction he right. will just pick a direction and run full speed at it because that's what he does um and uh he's not a subtle actor right um he's capable of it but he doesn't do it very often um no. and um he will uh but yeah he's he's all about the going all in performance wise um which is why that's the thing is everybody else is sort of kind of sort of veiling it kind of sort of phoning it in and nick cage is like i'm going all in with everything i'm doing and it becomes laughable ostensibly right right i mean but yeah i mean it is the it's it's the you know rock of gibraltar of you know over the top nick cage performances i mean this is the the er example this is the you know all the the you know the source in which all other insane right. comes from like it's yeah when you when you make that joke and you talk about nick cage and everybody goes like oh nicholas cage freakouts it starts and ends with wicker man right um because it truly is well, and con air con air for the the short amount of time that he gets to play the bad guy in con air you know he's yeah he's over the top yeah. in that yeah right. but i mean he's over the top in everything but i feel like right. wicker man is 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 the movie that like you know holy shit man Right. Like, you know, you already made the, you already did the, the, how to get burned. I mean, right. like, um, and he steamrolls over that young lady, you know, all, oh, those, God, all yeah. those scenes. Um, yep. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, wow, you, I, you know, what's going on, Nick, but 
he's just going all in at every direction and it's never the same direction twice right like there's no consistency to this performance other than it's bafflingly insane um you know he's very at the beginning he's all like i'm depressed and i'm you know and i'm gonna be very mumble my way through lines and be kind of quiet and then all of a sudden by the end of the film he's just shrieking into the into the sky you know at anybody will listen uh and doing it way over the top um and it's beautiful yeah it's really really something to to watch you know i absolutely love it yeah um but yeah i mean it's it doesn't make sense but yeah what's the what's the next uh topic i mean where do we go from there um i i I never quite got a bead on the uh, the death in the beginning of the film, like with the, uh, with okay. the car crash and like, uh, like was that part of the cult's plan or was that just an, an unrelated event that haunted him? Like the way that it's played in the movie, like it, it's it's really not. Well, they're they're there at the end right. of the movie, so yeah, they were cultists. Yeah. So so which means that like you know somehow the girl magically got out of the burning car <laughs> basically and disappeared yes like, what yeah it makes no sense to me no um, it makes no sense of course it doesn't <laughs> um and, you know the, the other the lady cop shows up at his house and says you know and he says who were they and they were like oh we don't know we never even found right. you know i think she does say we didn't find bodies but right um but the bigger question on that scene is that she talks about his accommodation and uh right. you know he's moving up in the world like, for what watching two yeah. people die right um you know it's uh, and it almost feels like he's quit the force in the beginning of the film like like he's on not... sabbatical yeah they say right. that he's on he's on leave for watching the deaths of these two people but i'm like right. what's his accommodation they, they didn't mention that right um you know she's like you shoot for detective i'm like again what did you do watch two people <laughs> right. die yeah um i don't think they promote you for that um, well, if you kill them, they promote you for that, but, right, um, right? You know, being a cop in California, but um, well, no, because these were white people, that's it, yeah, but they were women, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> still, um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's it's still cops are bad, um, right. but um, don't don't call the cops, um. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it 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 doesn't track. I mean, like it's all um, it's all background to be like he's he's. But the thing is, he's taking pills, and they're like maybe he's out of it, right? I, but that doesn't come up in the film. Like, there's no point in which no. like is he like they never ask that question of whether or not he's imagining things. Like you would think that's what you're setting up. He watches two right. people die. He's he's traumatized. He's taking these pills. And they do like the whole like nightmare sequences, but yeah, they, yeah. you would think that at some point there would be like a, you know, in any other film, it would, all of that would set up the idea that you can't be sure he's seeing what he's seeing. Right. But that's never comes up in this picture. Yeah. Cause it's, he's having more waking nightmares than like Freddy's victims. And yeah. Yeah. It's never, it never leads to anything. No, no. <laughs> and it, you know, it, it oh, so many things in this movie never lead to anything. Right. My favorite one is um, he goes to talk to Sister Rose at the school mm-hmm. and then he leaves. And then um, uh, uh, Molly Parker, the same actor, is playing right. Sister Thorne. 
Yeah. For no reason. Uh, for no reason. There, it right. never comes up again. Uh, even in the final scene, there's not both of them standing together. It never comes up again. Right. Um, and it's like, wait, what? To the point where he remarks upon it. Like he, he says, didn't I <laughs> he just calls talk attention to, you? to it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He calls attention to it, but it has no bearing on the story or plot in any way, shape, or form. It never comes back. It's never called right. back. Um, it, it's so many things in this movie. Uh, the one that perplexes me. You want to know which one perplexes mm. me? Yeah. Um, Lily Sobieski. Right. Uh, now, okay, so again, the idea of this entire concept is the cult is bringing uh, Edward here to kill him. Right? right. They want him at the. They want him at the harvest festival. They can set him on fire. And, but then he goes to talk to Lily Sobieski at one point, and she says, "When you leave, will you take me with you?" Right. And I'm like, okay. And there's little things in here that she keeps running into him. And then she attacks him right, right before he's about to like fall into the trap. And I'm like watching this and I'm like, was she, uh, was, well, am I supposed to believe that she was trying to like save him? Like she wants him to right. go and take her with him and she wants to leave the cult and she's sort of an ally. But then again, why does she not say anything when she's Kung Fu fighting him? Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't, yeah, track. It doesn't, doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. It, and I'm like, well, wait, so is she, she wants to go with him, but she knows he's not leaving. Right. So why would she say that to him? Um, you know, it's, it, there's a, you know, there's an attraction there that's, she's definitely playing, but it's sort of like, and then, like I said, the, the big thing is where she attacks him and I'm like, right. what are you planning to do? Kill him? Cause he's supposed to go get burninated by the yeah yeah so why are you trying to kill him um i don't know uh and i don't think the i don't think neil labute knows right uh and i don't think lily silvieski knows i don't think no. anybody knows uh it's, we know uh, nicholas cage just what? yeah nicholas cage definitely didn't know um right. but no it's uh it's all very weird and i can't figure it out um you know it's yeah. there's all these things that get brought up or or kind of sort of mentioned and they never right. go anywhere it's never brought up again there's no no payoff to any of this it's just an inevitable march a march towards an inevitable ending we all know is coming because we all know right. this is a remake right of a movie that had a shocking ending right um and so it's a little strange to kind of be like well we all know where we're going which is almost to the point where i'm like why didn't you make this movie about the cult right that's what a movie i would have made I would have made it be, and that's something I don't think we've ever done before in film. Like maybe this is the one I'll dare, dedicate to Daryl Hannah. Um, <laughs> was the idea of like, uh, you know, a community is planning to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. We only watch it from the perspective of the person who's going to be killed. Have we ever right. seen it the other way? Have we ever seen the planning and a group of people getting yeah. together and being like, this is what we're going to do. I mean, we kind of, I mean, we kind of get a little bit and get out. Um, right. But again, part of the problem I always had with get out was I was like, well, why this plan right um i feel like there was an easy way to do this and it wasn't this way um that I'm no, like, you never them. get the other side of it like that's yeah that's for sure and that's why i'm like that would be i think that would be a more interesting movie right. be like this community that's planning to kill some sap and then right. like watching them figure it out plan it out make sure the plan works and right you know and lead this guy going and then lead this guy around um that's uh you know 
maybe I'll write that. And I'll, I'll dedicate Daryl Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. it would be interesting to see the this this plan being made and how they have to improvise to try and fix right. it. You know, like oh, he did something we didn't see coming. What do we do now? And be like, oh, right. we can do this. Um, and there'd still be horror in it. I think. I think if we, I were behind this plan, like in this movie, like I would have just killed him like way early. Like yeah. I would just killed him like as soon as I could, he got to the island and like showed that he was like unstable. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, like okay, just fuck it. Let's just kill him now. Well, well, that's 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 the that's the problem too. It's like well, right. they kind of say they can't just do that right. at the end. Like we the this is the the hunter leading the hunted or whatever. Right. And you've like, come well, of your own free will. Like no, he hasn't. no, he didn't. He was asked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, again, Edward Woodward in the in the initial film you know sergeant howie right it's just they're doing his job but the whole point is that it's about faith it's about right. leading the leading the fool in you know the prank yeah. the the overall prank had purpose right in the in the concept that you couldn't just couldn't just kill him and sacrifice him to their god it had to right. be this whole process this movie doesn't make any sense like it it's like why even he no. kind of points it out while the torture is like uh, i don't believe in your god i don't believe right. in sacrifice so by definition this means nothing you know a sacrifice yeah. is supposed to be something you can't do without it's right. not some asshole um and then they try to set it up for like in you know next year's like at the at the end of this film like theatrical cup oh yeah, yeah, like yeah james james franco and uh whoever the other actor was like at the bar meeting Right. Yeah. 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 That's right. I forgot about that. The Rift Tracks version isn't that version. That, right. Um, that's not the version I watched either. Like I watched the, oh. the unrated, like the same as the Rift Tracks version. Yeah. Um, but like the original theatrical cut had this all set up for like next year's harvest. I'm like, I'm like, the reason they killed this guy was because their harvest failed, not because they would have to do this every year. I thought, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also the plot of the original. Right, you yeah. call attention to yourself if you did this every year. Yeah. You would not yeah. be doing this every year. Which, by the way, they, they already have because Pete knows exactly where he is. It's right. very; it doesn't make any sense. That's I mean, the whole even the even the cult in their society mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense because they're clearly exporting. They're doing business, right? Right. They're ex- exporting uh, honey, meat yeah. to outside. That's how they make their living, I guess. Right. Um, and so it's, uh, and so it's like, they sent a letter to this guy. He went and talked to his friend and said, so got this letter, right. I'm going out to summer Isle, summer's Isle, you know, and then they try to act like nobody knows where he is. I'm like, no, he literally told the guy he was probably going out there. Right. You know, he said, he said, I don't know yet. And then he tried to call him on the boat and the phone went out. But I mean, like once he disappears, it's not going to take a detective to figure out where he went. (laughs) No. You know, they're going to be like, we know he came here. You know, right. he told one of the other cops that he came out here, you know, like it's. They left evidence everywhere. Like, yeah, there's you know. evidence. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he went and told like three different people where he was going right. um, and why specifically he gave, gave the guy a name. Right. You know, he gave the guy a will, uh, you know, Willow Woodward the, the is the name of the woman I was engaged to for years. I'm going out there to help her. Right. You know. Uh, there's a missing girl and when like the so yeah the police are going to show up and be like um where'd this cop go 
right. you know, it's, it's, and they're going to have to be like, well, it's private property. And well, we don't care. We have a warrant. Yeah. You know, um, a cop is missing. And, and this time they'll send the Washington police and they won't have any problems, you know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, but they'll have a complete, you know, a warrant and a court order, right. you know, probably an FBI attache right. and, you know, they'll send yeah. Dale Cooper and it's all over. Right. But he's already in the area. It's 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 Washington State. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. And um, but yeah, it's uh, it's baffling. It makes it really does like you're like, what is going on? with the wicker man it's such a strange movie let's talk about good things what's good about this movie um, i i do kind of like the conceit of like the, the matriarchal society in this, this version you know? yeah and although i don't think it was i don't think they played their their card as hard as i i would have you know the the fact that the the men are all subservient and like you know it's intimated that they're mute and just mm. use you know as sex slaves and uh laborers yeah laborers um was was kind of interesting especially you know in contrast to the original you know where where it was you know still a patriarchal society mm-hmm. yeah um I don't know, I kinda, yeah I, I just don't i just wish they would have played it a little you know this was probably the metaphor that came closest to working and if they just would have like you know stuck with it and it probably would have been a lot better but um mm. yeah I, I like the matriarchal society in this and the the, the fact that they're kind of like a, you know this this inbred clan of like you know luddites um yeah yeah it's a cool <laughs> conceit you know there's something there for right. sure um and again, it's it the the problem ultimately I think comes back around to tone, mm-hmm. where we got a matriarchal society and all this, and they're really really evil, right? You know, um, and they're really evil and hostile. And I'm like, well, again, watching you watch the original, they're right. not, they're not evil, no. Um, and uh, you know, they what they think they're they're doing is good. Uh, in this film, it's sort of like they they clearly like are enjoying hating this guy right and there's no real reason for it like i said that's kind of the problem is that again, no, just because you're an outsider and a male like it seems like that that's they, they hate him for, for those yeah. reasons you know? that's what i mean if you were just gonna have made the movie like they were actually just relatively peaceful people right. uh, and then he comes in and acts like a prick right um you know that but again this movie doesn't want to do that it doesn't it wants to basically make sure nick cage is the good guy here right um versus the evil society that's going to kill him and i'm like well that's your problem you know right. is that both both sides in the original film could be called i mean they're both would be using the like dungeons and dragons terms they're both essentially chaotic good right you know um they don't deliberately do anything either side even sergeant howie is a bit of a prick but he's not doing anything to hurt anybody right he just wants to find a missing kid uh, and yeah, he's a little bit of a jerk mm-hmm. because because they he's aghast, he's he's upset by right. their uh, by their, their ungodly ways, but he's mostly leaving them alone. He just wants to find the kid and get and get out. Right, right. You know, um, you know, uh, you know. So I mean, like there is a uh, a moral uh, moral situation there that's really mm-hmm. interesting. In this movie, they they can't avoid the binary. 
They right. have to be one guy has to be good and one has to be evil. And I'm like, well, that you're missing the point. Right. Of, you know, this is a and also the religion isn't really played up. No, uh, it's just like we really like bees, I <laughs> right. guess, you know, and and um and yeah, we have uh, this attitude, the social attitude towards men. Right. Um, which again, just kind of like vaguely pagan. Yeah. Like, yeah, never. It's never addressed directly where, you know, yeah, what God they're what, worshiping, what their beliefs are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, apparently they need their goddess to or God or I assume a goddess, but they say goddess, Ellen yeah. Burstyn says gods and goddesses of nature. Right. Uh, which Rip Mike Nelson riffs uh, as vague and undifferentiated as you are. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it's like, which God or goddess is it that they believe in? You know, um, it's, um, you know, they're just sort of doing whatever, um, and that this is necessary to bring their crops back. But again, by crops, I guess they mean their honey, um, which I don't know, get a beekeeper. I mean, (laughs) there's ways to deal with that. Um, it's not your religion. Um, that's what I mean. Is that the, in the original film, like they're like the crops failed. By that we mean all of it. Yeah, everything. We our entire livelihood. Like we can't make any. We can't survive. Right. This is like we don't have honey to make our mead. Right. So... They had to. We had to get store bought honey. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, Mike Nelson and... makes that joke too. Like yeah. wait a minute. So wait a minute. They need their honey harvest or whatever, right? And Kevin's like, yeah. It's like, but they live on like hundreds of acres of pristine wilderness they could just sell an acre and buy their own private grocery store and kevin's right. like where's the fun in that <laughs> you know you gotta <laughs> you know but yeah. you know there's so many ways around this um and like i said it's part of the problem of transplanting it to the united states um versus right. a remote part of the british isles yeah um you know and that's what i mean is you could have just put this in northern maine and it would have made a lot more sense right. but um but no I, I dig it i i i agree with you on the um the matriarchal society and the way men are treated, all that is interesting. Right. Um, the setting is interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is this social, social uh, uh, ideology that is fascinating, but the movie doesn't want to commit to it. Right. Um, or explore it. It just wants them to be evil because they're, they're bitches. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you could tell how much satisfaction there is in the line of "you bitches, you bitches, right. killing me won't give back your goddamn honey." Like, you know, right. it's like you know, it's clear that it's like they've been saving up all a, movie for that. You know, this is a movie made by a bunch of bros, right? Uh, who were like, you know, what the worst nightmare any of us could have? It's a bunch women. of women, right? Yeah, women having uh, women having power. That's the that's the real horror of the Wicker Man. Right. Is that they're you know, as Crow T Robot would say, you get a bunch of women together, it's either witchery or a, or a wedding shower. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously the true horror of all of this is women uh, who don't, aren't under control of men right. must be evil pagan creatures. There could have been will, something there, like if it was written by somebody, you know, better at writing yeah. these things out. Like, right. Somebody who maybe didn't hate women, like Neil LeBeard. You know. Well, even even if they did, like if they were like just like had the courage of their convictions to yeah. to to go with it and you know make that contrast, like, yeah. Instead of just like you know, you know, kind of hide, hiding behind it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 
actually coming off of that, I would say another thing mm-hmm. I think is positive. I did allude to this. Um, right. Like I said, there are some great performances in here. Um, yeah. The ones I would really, I want to call out really specifically are Molly Parker as Sister Rose. Right. Um, and um, Diane Delano as Sister Beach. Yeah, Sister Both, Beach is pretty awesome. Yeah. Sister Beach is awesome. There's, there right. is an interesting character there. And yeah. we don't know much about her. But there is a way that uh, she plays that role and the way that she presents her presents herself that like you get the very much the impression that this woman does stuff all day. You know, she has a life. It's not just, you know, not just like I can't wait to kill this guy. It's like, uh, you know, like a great moment. Actually, Uh, he walks into the bar. Nick Cage watching walks into a bar and says, why the long face? Um, But he walks (laughs) into the bar. And she, um, she, she gives him the mead and she's so proud of it. Right. You know, she's like, this is mead. Like she doesn't want him there. She's like, right. Fuck this guy, I don't like him. But then she's like, well, no, I'm going to give him mead and he's going to like it. And I'm going to be very proud of this. Uh, right. It's such a nice moment. And, you know, it's such an interesting performance choice that she's like, no, this is, you know, she's so proud of this export right. that they make. Um, you know, she's such a fascinating figure and such a fascinating character that um i wish we had more of her you yeah. know um and, and again it's one of those things that it, that if this movie could have just focused yeah for five down minutes a little bit. Yeah. yeah i mean there is an interesting society here full of interesting people um you know it's a it's a great performance it really stands out um and she's um and of course it's you know at this point she's probably more famous at this point for you know being the woman that he punches out right you know but um you know, and it's a it's uh, one of un- like three people he punches out. Yeah, well, it's easy. Probably one of the funniest parts of the whole movie. I mean, if yeah. I, I'm sure you've seen, I'm sure everybody's watching, listening to this, seen the the video of the Nicolas Cage freak out, which is like the right. montage that came out. It was made like eight, nine years ago, ten years ago now. But mm. um, it's a bunch of stuff, and then it stops midway and just does the whole scene of him walking down <laughs> right. the stairs, looking at her. She gives him that smug smile, and he just punches her across the face and it's undeniably funny Mm -hmm. uh basically because of the way it's it's all set up right um but yeah i mean she deserves better i think than just being the punchline you know so to speak you know but uh you know get it punch line okay yeah you get it Mm -hmm. um it, it wasn't that funny um but yeah it's um but yeah, it's it, it, it's it, she's such a fascinating character and a fascinating performer. And then the same is true, I think, of um, Molly Parker, who is easily the most committed cast member in this film. I think mm-hmm. um, she has those great scenes with Nick Cage in the, in the school. Um, but also, I think if there's an image in this movie that stands out to me as being like, "Ooh, that's really pretty, or really interesting mm-hmm. looking," is what she puts on that costume for right. a procession. She's doing that like figure eight thing with her arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's little things like that that I'm like, there is an actor who was thought out very specifically movement, how right. I'm going to move, how I'm going to act, how I'm going to dance. It's, um, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. And so I'm like, you know, that's what I, that's kind of what I mean is that I'm like, what would be a more interesting movie is watching these people plan to lead Nick Cage into a trap and set him on fire. I'd rather watch these people do that. Yep. Um, what was I saying as far as interrupted by nothing oh yeah um that's what i mean by the idea of if we if we were to watch this movie from their perspective it would be much mm-hmm. more interesting 
Right. These these women who have these complicated lives and living in this this you know what they at least perceive to be a paradise, leading this guy into a trap and killing him, is a much more interesting movie. Right. But and this this watch through like the one thing that struck me and I know I I said this about a recent film that we did and I can't remember which one it was, um, but like I was thinking it would make it like a pretty good like PlayStation Two game. <laughs> okay. Like we're like you're going around uncovering like these you know secrets of the island and stuff like that and you know having to punch out people here and there or or uh, avoid traps that they set for you or something like that like it would have made a decent like Silent Hillish kind of game. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to ramp up some stuff, but yeah. Well, you yeah. you uh you put more men in the picture and have them be the enemy. You know the base enemies. You know. Yeah, they come at you with giant hammers or something like that, or you, you know, you gotta off them, you know. Yeah, well, the Rift Director makes jokes would be like, you know, they they you know making jokes that um, Sister Summerfile should have just like turned out to be a giant bee or something, <laughs> right? Um, right. You know, they make a lot of jokes like that throughout the throughout the Rift Tracks of uh, you know, like uh, Kevin Murphy constantly making weird guesses as to who the Wicker Man is or what the <laughs> right. Wicker Man is, um, and so it's like it's. Um, I think there's a lot of like little little scenes and little like shots where they compose images that like are are pretty cool or mm -hmm. uh, um there's some great photography. Or, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there's some great photography in this film. Who's the cinematographer? His cinematographer was uh Paul Sarasi. I don't know who he is, yeah. but um um and looking at his IMDb page, I yeah. don't know know any of his work. So. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, like there's a lot of like you know cool shots and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, everything feels like it's you know, well it's harvest time, so it'd be fall. Um, it feels like it's like it's fall. It feels like you're you're in this autumnal setting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But there's a. I don't know. There's there's a certain I don't know. I just I'm trying to find find a way to make this film work work or, or something. And, yeah. And like like this time through, I'm like I I bet I could play a good well, solid I mean, eight to ten hour PlayStation Two game. You know. Yeah. Of this. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of mystery and you know unraveling things, I mean, there's something to that. I mean, the unfortunate problem is that this movie doesn't have enough mystery right to to bear it out i mean uh partially because we already know first of all we're watching we're watching a remake of a movie so we know the right. girl's not missing yeah and we, we know and we know what's gonna happen yeah but yeah it's he also has to spend a lot of time meandering doing nothing mm -hmm. right you know walking around um you know riding a bike or uh you yeah, know, he said he's gonna have to talk to every person in town. I don't know if we had to see him talk to every person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this movie's only ninety minutes. It's <laughs> right. It's at its normal time, no, uh, regular time. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit more of uh, you know, uh, a little bit more action would do wonders for this picture. Right. But um, all it really has is like to have these like kind of goofy dream sequences where he wakes up, which I, I love by the way because the riff tracks. It's every time he wakes up, they yell out another Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, you know, like national treasure, right? Uh, you know, oh, the, the weatherman, uh, right. you know, like he, you know, having bad dreams about all these movies he's done. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a very funny running joke. But and you don't you don't even notice how many times right. they do that gag um, in that movie of him waking up from dreams until you watch it's, the. Road it tracks. is a it is a lot. It's like seven or eight times, right? And uh, it's just they managed to get through almost his entire filmography up until that point <laughs> right. at some point during the movie. But yeah, yeah it's um, it's uh, it's it's not a lot. There's not enough to do that. He's right. just sort of wandering around, um, having. But they would have sprinkled a little bit of like midsummer in there, or like like yeah, they they dosed him with like a low level psychedelic. Yeah, like. Some of this would make more sense. Yeah, I, put, I a little, realize, put a few hallucinations. Midsummer came out, you know, ten years yeah. later, but put a little bit of put a little bit of hallucination. He's taking pills, like I said. Right, it's never yeah. it's never brought up again. The beginning of the movie that he's taking pills. He's he's having bad dreams. He's having these these right. problems. All they had to do was just sort of make that a plot point, right? Where he can't be sure if, but he's really if he's actually if he's just being paranoid. If they really are out to get him. Right. You know, uh, all that would need is a little bit of that. Um, but they don't have it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then it's another, by the way, I just remembered it's another reason why I was like, why the hell isn't this in the Northeast? Because the pilot that mm-hmm. he bribes to go is clearly Northeastern, you know, right. he's like, you know, Nor'easter coming in. Like, you know, it's <laughs> right. like really this, this movie should be taking place on the other coast. Um, right. But yeah, it's, um, but yeah, I mean, to, to to your point though, I mean, there are some actual like really lovely shots in this movie. I do remember there's a couple of good crane shots in this right. thing um, that do um, that look really good. Like the, there's a great shot of the, um, it's like the ruins of the uh, of the church. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it's like right after or right before they had to get burned. Scene. Right. There's like this is actually a beautiful crane shot that yeah. shows the two of them walking through the ruins. It's actually really lovely. Um, and then, as we said, you know, one last, at least one last positive thing. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Angel Badalamente, right? You know, um, the score is good. It's actually yeah. good. Um, there's some good music in here. Um, it's odd that he would be. I mean, I, I have would have to assume he thought he was scoring something else, but. Um, especially well, he when it was Wicker Man, and he's like, "All right, sweet, I love right?" Wicker because Man. Yeah. the Wicker Man right. was a musical, right? You know, um, it it played a lot with uh, folk uh, folk music in Wicker Man. You know, right. full on musical numbers, really, in Wicker Man. It's, it's right, a right. fascinating film, um, and not a lot of people recognize it as such. Um, that it, but it's basically a musical, one of the very few horror musicals out mm-hmm. there. Um, that I would have to assume Angel Badalamenti was told like, oh yeah, Wicker Man, that's a musical movie. I I get to right. write a cool score for this. No, no, okay. It's yeah, just this nice. kind of meandering, um, bland Nick Cage running around talking to people thing. Okay, I'll right. give you a good score, but yeah, you know, um, because he's incapable of doing otherwise. But I mean, like, it's one of the all-time great. You know, composers in my mind. I'm sure you agree with that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Scored almost everything David Lynch ever did. Right. Um, you know, fascinating musician. Um, you know, uh, it's far less far less jazzier than his right. David Lynch work. It's it's way more traditional score, mm-hmm. but it's good. It's a great score. And the film's somehow less lucid than most David Lynch films. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Well, David Lynch films have a plan. Right. Right. You know. Um, we've talked about this before, of course, that the, it's actually occurred to me again the other day thinking about David Lynch. I was like, you know, everybody loves to to talk about 
David Lynch as if it's strange or random. Right. And I'm like, no, there is Not, nobody, yeah. nobody more controlled right. than David Lynch. Like he's maybe Kubrick was more controlled. Right. Um, nobody else, though. I mean, like Lynch knew exactly what he was doing every right. time he shot something like he, it's just what he wanted was, you know, something is weird. That, you know, he's yeah. not going to explain to you, you know. Yeah, he's using dream logic, but no, right. he's he's not random. He is not throwing shit together. No. This is a very planned, uh, planned exercise with Lynch. Everything is methodical. Um, right. And uh, that's it. That, I'm sure it, we've talked about this before and I'm I remember distinctly we talked about this and how it irks me and I'm sure it irks you when people are like oh, Lynchian yeah, oh, yeah. meaning right. Lynchian nonsensical. Meaning, uh, nonsensical. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's completely controlled. He knows exactly right. what he's doing. Um, but this movie, not so much. It's out it's all over yeah. the place. So yeah, it's there's but no it's such a good through. it's such a fun time to watch though. It like, is such it, a fun it, time to watch. And... Yeah. Especially if you're watching, you know, don't watch this alone because you probably won't have a great time. But because uh, you need somebody there to to laugh with. You. I agree. I um, agree. Yeah. Or watch the riff tracks, and that's you can watch like riff tracks watching. too. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like it's, watching with people. You know, it's funny. Yeah, like right. I said, there's some jokes in it that are a little bit like, you know, um, I haven't I haven't seen the riff tracks of that um, in a long a long some, time. Yeah, there's some there's some like you know. Uh, jokes about you know how ugly the women are and how right you know like you know, some stuff that hasn't aged well yeah yeah stuff that hasn't aged well sister beach you know uh, penis jokes involving sister beach and uh, stuff like that right. it's like you know okay yeah but <laughs> it was recorded like two three years after this movie came out which right. was uh you know 2006 yeah. 2006 so you know things have changed since 2010 you right. know um the last you know 13 years things have definitely changed and riff tracks has changed um, yep. in terms of how they approach that type of joke. But right. um, they clearly at the time were still in the edgy comedy era. Yeah, of yeah. We can, it's okay to make gay jokes or, Bad jokes, or yeah. you know, you know, and we, we understand, they understand that it's risque or whatever edgy, but right. it was never meant to be taken seriously. And then years later, now you look at it and go, mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's not a good joke. Yeah, right. But there's some very there's still some very funny humor in it. Um right. especially like I said, there's a, there's a lot of great jokes at Nicolas Cage's expense, which is totally right. worth it, you know. Um the one thing I've ran into a couple times when I was looking for behind the scenes stuff on this film is that uh and I couldn't find like him saying it. I could just find people referencing it that like he Nicholas Cage like said that this was a dark comedy and it was meant to be funny. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, that strikes me as the Tommy Wiseau defense. The Tommy Wiseau defense, <laughs> pandemic defense. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, no, right. no, it's, it's this is totally supposed to be a comedy. It's like, mm. yeah. I mean, I yeah. I might I might believe that Cage was deliberately overdoing it a little. Right. But um, but like I said, actually, I think it's the other way around. I feel like everybody else was like, you know. Yeah, we're gonna be. This is gonna gonna be kind of funny, and just right. don't tell Nick because Nick's gonna go, right? Gonna go be Nick, and that's the only reason why it will be funny, is right. because Nick is gonna go nuts. He's um, gonna be the only one doing that. Yeah, yeah and he's gonna be the only one doing it. Like, um, you know, maybe um, um, Kate Behan, sister right. Willow, you know, Willow, uh, whose performance is is very very strange. Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of staring dopely at nick cage while he overacts right um 
there's something she's got great presence i think she has mm-hmm. she's very ethereal uh she very repre- represents summer's isle pretty well i think in, yeah. in what we're you know and again what we're talking about the movie that could have been made where summer's isle is interesting right. and has a lot going on willow fits in really well in developing that um i think she gives a good decent performance i think she's just has the unfortunate luck of being in Nick Cage in Nick Cage right. scenes where he's overdoing it. But um at the same time, like even at the end, like there's something about like is she stoned the whole time? Right. Like it's I don't mean Willow. I might buy Willow is stoned all the time, but why is right. is is being stole uh, just stoned the whole time. Right. Because she the performance is so scattered and so distracted that I can't right. figure it out. Um so I mean, yeah, in the name of like you know positive and constructive, I mean, I think she has great presence. I think she's doing a good job. It's just really strange, yeah, uh, and her performance is another baffling baffling piece of a baffling puzzle that is Wicker Man, where none of this right holds together very well at all. um but yeah, I mean, positives we got the you know we've got a great score by right. uh, Angela Badalamente. We've got some great cinematography. Uh, we've got some great performances by like Francis Conroy. You got uh, mm-hmm. Molly Parker. You got Diane Delano. Um, Lily Sobieski is uh, charismatic and interesting to look at. If nothing right. else, um, you know. And of course, I may, already made a Helen Hunt joke, so I probably can't do it again. But um, <laughs> but she looks a lot like Helen Hunt. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, she yeah. does. To the point, Rift Tracks makes one joke. We got you know, God bless him. One joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she's talking to Nick Cage and says, you know, um, you know, we don't have any any honey. And Nick Cage is like, well, not any. She's like, nope, not a drop. And like Kevin Murphy just says, personally, I blame Helen Hunt. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh but yeah, it's, but yeah, those are really the big positives. Um, right. Uh, I guess we should probably talk a little bit more about Alan Burstyn before we mm-hmm. adjourn. Um, of course, obviously, uh, we've talked about Ellen Burstyn before. We did The Exorcist. Right. Um, and she's uh, coming back for that new Exorcist movie, too, isn't she? she I believe she is. Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. be interesting. Uh, that'll be one word for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I just I just rewatched uh, Halloween Ends this week to see if I liked it any more than I did when I first watched it. And uh, no, I do not. No, yeah. Turns no. out I do not like it anymore the second yeah, time. We've got, uh, got David Gordon Green coming back to right damn do irreparable do damage to another to another beloved franchise. I mean, but... let's let's be honest. Like at least he's picking franchises that have had like you know more terrible entries than good ones. Yeah, I was. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I agree. I mean, like if it, it, you know, it's the Exorcist franchise is not exactly gold. Right, but uh, you know it's. Nor was Halloween. You know, nor was Halloween. I mean, they it, they both have uh, uh, high points, and then the rest right. of it is kind of, you know, collapsed. But yeah, but no, yeah, I guess she is coming back. From what I understand, she is going to be reprising her role, right, uh, as uh, Chris McNeil. But, um, but yeah, I mean, here she's, um. Not great. I mean, I think she, you know, it's 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 spirited, I think. I mean, like there's mm-hmm. something coy. I, I can't help but feel like she's trying to do Christopher Lee. Do right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's kind of like going for the same kind of energy. Um yeah. And I don't know if she can really pull it off, but uh it's it, the characters are entirely different. It's, right. It's it's you can't 
rely on that. But it's one of the problems with this movie overall is that there's a little bit too much trying to tie in right the original it's trying a little occasionally it either wants to go the opposite direction of the original or it wants to right. ape it too much and it's like boy now you're you have to pick did you, one did you ever watch the sequel to wicker band wicker tree yeah. and, and what the hell was that about uh, yeah i don't know i barely remember seeing it but i did uh, see it. I, I didn't see it so i was, I was curious if it was as bad as everybody says it was uh, i remember not hating it Right. But I've uh, I've seen other people. I, our our friend Violet actually just mm-hmm. talked about it on social media not too long ago about how she watched it again. She was like, "It's yeah. terrible." And I'm like, "Yeah, right, <laughs> probably." But right. I remember the ending being all right. You know, what was the uh, I think it's the idea of the two main characters uh, end up dead and they get stuffed. Uh, okay. uh, they're they're um, they turned into like dummies or something at the right. end. Um, and then Christopher Lee is in it for like like a minute and a half i think right and but he it's christopher lee like about to die christopher lee right so right. it's you know it's um it's more like him just kind of being like yes i'll go i'll send this off mm-hmm. you know but um i'm not standing up kind right of thing you know much like the hobbit yeah yeah you know where it was like you know i'll do it but i'll do it because i care but i can't right. stand up like i'm yeah. not gonna get out of my chair for it but um but yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched it. But I remember there is a scene in which he does appear. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think she's too. Ellen Burstyn's doing too much of him, and right. then of course they put her in embarrassing Braveheart makeup, and right, you know, it's um, she just sort of it feels like a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I feel like of anybody, she's the one that seems to be the least committed. Um, right. Which I mean, why would she? I mean, I, I would have to assume, in a, you know, a, a very a, a Academy Award-winning actor with a, a legendary pedigree would be able to look at the script and be like, mm, I don't right. know how much energy I want to put into this. Um, mm-hmm. But um, even like, I mean, even several scenes when the cage, where she just sort of mumbles her way through lines, it's it's a little bit off-putting. But right, yeah. But I mean, it's uh, no no disrespect meant for Ellen Burstyn. You know, she's great. No, she's a great actress. I've, yeah, but uh, uh, this is not her movie. No, I think would probably be more the most accurate thing to say about it would be this is not this is was not her day for whatever no. reason. So, anything else, sir? I don't think so. I feel like we. I I, I feel like we've I mean, we've been hard on this movie, but not more than I think it deserves. Right. I, I still hope that we're, you know, we've done enough like positivity with it that we're like, yeah. there are things about the Wicker Man that do work. They're they're good. They just don't work in context. Right. Like, like I genuinely, I genuinely like this movie because it's just oh, it's I enjoy just it. fun to watch. You know. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, you know? it is it, again. It has Nicolas Cage. Right. Punches out a woman. Uh, Lily Sobieski attacks him. He kicks her in the face. Right. He throws on a bear suit. Punches another woman in the face. Yep. Um, you know, it's literally Nick Cage in a bear suit. Running up and punching right. somebody in the head, uh, you know he 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 steals a woman's bike at gunpoint. <laughs> right. um, we didn't even mention that. Uh, yeah, yeah, like step away from the bike. Right. Uh, you know, and he pulls a gun. Take on your her. stupid mask. <laughs> yeah, take your stupid mask. He like pushes some kids around. Right. Um, it's it's truly the the last act of this thing is something to behold, and even the the torture sequence is unintentionally funny. 
right because it's cage going i mean but yeah oh, not the bees they're in my eyes my right. eyes uh uh, uh right uh, you know it's um it's and then you and know, they're bad cgi bees too yeah, you know bad CGI top bees. Else. they put him a little cage on his head what is that what is that I, oh god not the bees not yes the bees. yes the bees <laughs> uh you know and then they they break his legs right uh and he's just shrieking uh, screaming into the air um mm-hmm. and even they like haul him bodily up into the wicker man instead of that fire and it's just him like ah right like it's uh you it's the greatest thing ever you get your money's worth out, out oh, yeah. of this last last act of this yeah film. the last yeah. act of this film is so unbelievably absurd uh right. and cage's performance is so unbelievably absurd that it's um it's it's very it's worth watching i mean as right. bad as bad as it i think the overall uh overall product is which i think and it definitely definitely is right um it's worth it for that you know uh and i i do love this movie the same as you i mean I, you originally didn't want to do it for um for nick cage month i was like uh, wicker man and you were like no i think i'd rather do like something else and i was like wicker man well no that's what i was wicker saying, man. i wanted to do face off <laughs> yeah i'm like oh wicker man Right. Uh, you have to do Wicker Man. It's right. uh, it's the it's the Nick Cage insane performance. Right. It's the uh, it. My only regret is that we did Ghost Rider before this. This this you right. know should have been our first Nick Cage movie, really. But um, right, because this this is the you know philosopher Greek philosophers used to talk about all things lead to the good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good is what all things are derived from. Like Wicker Man is what all things Dick Cage are derived from. It's the beginning <laughs> right. and end of this conversation. All thing, all roads with Nick Cage lead back to Wicker Man. This is that absurd, that absurdic performance, right? Um, that it became the meme. You know, yeah. uh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage is a meme. Starts here. He'd done right. crazy performances prior. But this yeah, is the yeah. one that really this is the one that everybody you know, slapped everybody in the face and said, this man is somebody you got to pay attention to because I mean, right. we didn't really talk about it. I'm sure we will a little bit later on in the month about mm-hmm. kind of how these movies happened. A lot of these insane things that he did is because his life fell apart. Right. You know, uh, he had no choice but to do like whatever script was put in front of him for like a decade. Right. And so we get all of these really wonderful um absolutely insane movies that he made that he was way too good for yeah and the one thing i'll I'll respect him for forever you know is that he's he never phoned it in never like not not once no once you know he's never and he could have some of the worst worst shit i've ever seen that he's been Mm -hmm. in you know he's still giving it a good performance and he's still giving it um if it's a not a different good performance. performance yeah if it's not a good right. performance it's an energetic one right yeah but he never gives the same performance twice either like it's 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 always a little bit different a little bit varied it's, yeah for sure you know, it's it's not like he's just you know turning yeah. on he's got one knob that he turns on for schlock and one knob he turns on for oscar bait you know it's, no. it's not it's all the same right yeah all the same um but yeah, I mean, other ones that are like this, probably the only performance I can think of that's anywhere near this in terms, we might even be, might even be uh, more insane mm-hmm. is uh, Deadfall, which yeah, everybody, everybody, oh my God, watch Deadfall. Okay. Um, He's so good. It's so, he's not good at it. Uh, let's let's right. actually, no, that's not true. He's not good at it. Uh, mm-hmm. He's Nick Cage in it. 
and okay. it's uh it's such a uh such an insane movie you know it's like a bad right. wig uh it's it's mm. unbelievable um but yeah i mean it's another one of those it's up there with wicker man in terms of like this holy shit what are you doing right now nick cage right. but um but yeah nick cage i mean i, I got into him mm-hmm. um you probably remember this like for like a year year and a half i like every week i put in different nick cage movie as my profile icon. right right on facebook and originally it was meant to be ironic or i was like this is hilarious nick cage is awful and then over time i'd watch these movies and be like actually you might be my favorite actor <laughs> right like you know might be my favorite actor ever because he's that fucking good it's it's that absurd um that it went to went from ironic to post ironic pretty quickly right. and i'm like actually you know what i got a genuine genuine amount of respect right and now we're in, you know, a bona fide Nicolas Cage renaissance. Oh, like, it's beautiful. He's yeah, come back. He's, he's come full circle. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. He's doing talking, these great films and, you know, just. But they're not all necessarily great films. They're, they're still like these really kind of low budget things. Right. Like he went from being the guy who had to do these movies to the guy who wants to do these movies. Right. Because they get him. Uh, he can, and, and any filmmaker can kind of get him. He's still affordable. Right, right. You can make this little film and you can hire Nick Cage to bring gravitas and interest in stuff to your film. And it, it's all leaning into his yeah. mimetic personality where they're like, you know, he's insane. So we'll cast him in Willy's Wonderland, which is the most absurd right. movie. I, I love that movie. Like, I, oh, I love I was it. Gonna, I was going to put it as one of the movies for this month, but I didn't think there was enough there to talk about because this, there's, it's not it's not even a movie art. i think you're probably right yeah i thought the same thing i was it's like a actually, scenario yeah it's a scenario that plays yeah. out yeah um yeah that would be a movie that we would just sit there and be like it's so good uh right. for for the entire the entirety and of the he time. doesn't say like he doesn't have a single one yeah. yeah uh no it's a beautiful film right. and uh that's the movie that i remember watching uh, with Lori, and uh we watched it and we were talking about that and that's when i was like yeah it's come full circle right it's combined both the actor he was in city of angels and mm-hmm. um um leaving las vegas uh right. and has and now with the wicker man and deadfall and he's formed this perfect storm of right i'm both respectable and not respectable at all and i can just do these weird fucking movies and people will see them right. and will love them you know we're talking about mandy later this month which is mm-hmm. a great film um, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about it because it's a great right. film. But you know, it's one of those things. Where it's like, why? Why is Nick Cage doing this movie? Well, it's because that's who he is now. Yeah, and it's both artistically valid, but it's also schlocky, and it's yeah. it's really quite remarkable that he's become what he's become. So, and he's found a way to you know creatively fulfill himself doing it. So you know that's yeah. that's awesome for him. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like he's also gotten a little bit of that smile back too. Like he, right. you know, uh, you know, at one point it was, he was kind of a joke when they were like, right. Oh, the kids, you know, IRS, he has to do all these movies. And now right. like, you know, now it's like, when are you going to do a Marvel movie? And he's like, never, I'm Nick Cage. Right. You know, I don't have to do a Marvel movie. I'm Nick yeah. Cage. Right. Um, I, I will never need work ever again. And it's all because I did random shit like world right. trade center. You know, one of like, these days he's gonna figure out that he could do like horror conventions and then like he's he's gonna do a like just a ton of those too, like yeah. I think. Maybe. I don't think he I don't know if he wants to. I, I mean, can just I, see him feeding off the energy of that, like and possible. having a blast. But uh it's possible. Yeah. 
I hear mixed things about Nick Cage as a as a person, like whether or right. not he's interesting to talk to or fun to, you know. I don't think he does a lot of press. No. Um, you know, uh, you, you know, he he does some when he has to. I think like Renfield, I think was his first studio film in some time. Right. So I think he was forced to go do press, but I think he's mostly like reclusive at this point, you know. But who knows? Maybe someday he'll do conventions and maybe when he's really when he's retired. Right. You know, when he's fully retired and he's like, yep, I'm done. I'll do appearances for the rest of my life and just bask in the worship of schlock film. Right. Lovers, you know, and uh, that maybe that will be his legacy is that he's better remembered for Mandy. Right. Than he ever was for leaving Las Vegas, you know, which was, I mm -hmm. believe, his Oscar. Yeah. Was that movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but Not it, that or Moonstruck. I'm pretty sure it was that. I think he was nominated for Moonstruck, but I don't right. think I don't know if he won for that. But yeah, no. I think he won for Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I think he was nominated for City of Angels as well. I think, which was the the remake of Wings of Desire. Right. Um, I never saw his version of it. I just saw the. Original. I haven't either. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to. I'll check it out someday. Right. Um, I've, I obviously I own a shit ton of Nick Cage movies now. So I mean, right. but one of the things I haven't yet to see is, is City of Angels. I don't think I've seen. Le I, have I seen Leaving Las Vegas? Maybe I have. Maybe I, I have. It was really great. That's what, yeah. I, yeah. Him and Elizabeth Shue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've seen it. Or at least I've seen enough of it to, to remember it. But, right. Yeah. Anything well, else on Wicker take... Man? No, I think no? I think we covered it. Um, check it out if you if you somehow haven't seen it. Like, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? But, yeah, no, it's, it's widely available. Um, I think it's actually on Tubi right now mm -hmm. um, as of this recording. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, go check it out. But, um, but yeah, we, uh, we uh, uh, thank you very much for listening, and um, and we remind you to be uh, to keep it positive and keep it constructive. Uh, love yourself, love your fellow horror fans. Obviously, um, as of the date of this recording, some really horrifying shit happened over the weekend. Um, but it's the same horrifying shit that happens every weekend, right? So, um. Uh, it's a little late to do this now, but I, I said this on social media where I'm like, you know, um, especially right now, just be careful with your scrolling through social media because, um, there's, you know, some really upsetting imagery that's, that's sort of going around right now of like dead right. children and, yeah. uh, and horrifying things. And if you're not careful, you, you will see it and it's, mm -hmm. it's not fun to see. So right. But maybe um, it's best that we see some of it here and there because you know that's the only, yeah. the only way we're going to maybe get off our asses to do something about it. That's like, kind of why I'm not upset with anybody for doing right? it. Yeah. But I'm still like, you better put like a shit ton of content warnings on there. Right. And right. like the one I saw was actually inadvertent because a guy did put a warning. It was like mm -hmm. a journalist and he put a warning and right. said like, I don't want to upset upset anybody, but like the next the next post after this one. Is right. going to have an upsetting image in it, and I happen to scroll just a little bit down, and there's right. this horrifying photograph, and I'm like, oh, I wish yeah. I hadn't seen that. Um, but uh, luckily, I was kind of high at the time, so I, was like, I guess this is all right. But right. Uh, I thought it was prudent to put it on social media just to be like, you know, guys, just be careful because some people are just yeah. sharing it too. I saw it today, yeah. same image today. Of well, a guy mostly, who was... I mostly keep to keep to Facebook, so like the one thing Facebook does pretty well with is the uh um covering the up frame. 
Yeah, doing yeah. that frame thing where they 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 give you the choice of seeing it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Also, it's Sorry, just the way it's. No, I was gonna say the way it's formatted. Facebook is formatted, especially on mobile. Mm-hmm. It is the frame is only like kind of like one post at a time. Right. Kind of. Whereas Twitter, you can kind of get two and a half on yeah, the yeah. screen. So if you are, if you're not careful, you'll right. see the guy. You'll see your post and the reply. And so that guy was sort of like I was just one second you know too far yeah, down and yeah. i'm like oh there's a photo of dead children um right but yes um with that said uh, i also just want to remind everybody that you know we do need to you know uh be respectful of others and and care about other people and um and we try to you know and that's what we try to do on this show is we want to have fun and talk about movies and right. um and distract ourselves for a little while and hopefully distract you as listeners yeah. um, in a positive way. So, um, and be entertaining or interesting or, you know, promote some sort of dialogue, uh, preferably about shit that doesn't matter like right. Wicker Man. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we do gotta be, uh, it's just the, the world ain't going to get any better anytime soon. No. Uh, and we just have to hold on and hope that it will. So uh but yeah i would say that um again thank you for listening and uh we love you and um be kind to yourselves and um and you know just be try to find the happiness where you can find it so uh with that i'll say thank you very much good night and how to get burned how to get burned how to get burned